Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And then we did another video with the Kia Telluride where it, um, I was like, well, let's just go do a drive as a family, see what happens. My kid threw up on that drive <laughs> in in her car. Seat. It's, it's in the is video. Is it on? You can see it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's one of our most gosh. popular videos. Hey, guys. Welcome to fatherhood on the believe podcast network i'm bradley hasemeyer and this is the podcast for all us dads out there just trying our best on today's episode micah musio now this dude i've known for more than a decade and he has built a career out of driving cars and reviewing them for kelly blue book so if you over the past 15 years or so have researched a new car or a used car looked at car reviews looked up stats, all these different things that you might encounter, chances are you've run across Micah, either on the screen or in his writing. And he's kind of pivoted that a little bit into his own YouTube channel, where now his entire family, his wife and daughter, review the car with him, which is really cool because they bring like a whole new aspect of just the reality of driving a car. He also has amazing videos from a helicopter where he's flying around LA and all around kind of Southern California. So he is, he is moving and shaking on social media. Here's some of his dad's stats off the top. He's been married for 21 years, but he's pretty much my age, which was like mind blowing to me. He has a daughter who is six and he just recently moved up to the mountains outside of LA after spending many years in Los Angeles. It was so fun to get deeper with this guy. Like I said, I've known him for more than a decade, but you know, every time we would meet or hang out, it was always just talking about cars or travels or what trip do you have coming up next or whatever. So it was really fun to really drill down and get to some of the depth. Uh, He told me this hilarious story about how his parents reacted when he said he wasn't going to college, especially how his dad reacted. You got to listen for that. Also, we talked about being famous on the radio while simultaneously having a job as the guy who had to clear the broken pieces of recycling from the recycle center area. So he smelled like spoiled milk and, and gross peanut butter, had this weird kind of dichotomy. And also he talked about why he and his wife have one kid and that's it. We also talked about how no one told us us, how hard slash annoying slash honestly just not fun those first few months to a year of your kid's life could be. I know that's not every dad, but when I've talked to other dads, they felt similar to how I have, which is just like, this is not my favorite thing I've ever done. And if you are in that camp, you aren't alone. And that's partly why I love doing this podcast. I get to have these really honest conversations with dads and find someone else who says, I can totally relate. So if that's you, I would love for you to share this podcast with your dad friends. I know you have friends who are dads. I know you have dad friends. Because really the whole hope here is just to build a great community, supporting and encouraging each other, all while laughing along the way. Oh, and also we have a great chat after the episode ended. So we did the whole thing, it ended, and then we just kept talking. So I kept recording, and I decided to leave that in there for you. Uh, almost like, you know, at the end of an Avengers movie when there's like a little hidden scene. That's that's for you, except I'm calling it out now, so it's, it's not quite hidden. Anyway, make sure you stick around and listen to the whole thing. But you're not here for me. You are here for Mr. Micah Musio. I know that guy. It's just weird to see you like uh, here aimed at me in the general direction. It's like we're real people having a real conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, I, I, sh- I should tell you before we get started here, I looked up uh, most famous people with the name Muzio. Uh, and there is a first 
named Muzio Clemente. He mm. was he's the most famous person. His zodiac sign is Aquarius. He's considered the most important person in history, born with the first name Muzio, but it doesn't say anything else. So uh, the second most famous Muzio in history, Micah Muzio, is here with us. Thanks for being here, buddy. I wear that title so, so proudly. <laughs> you know what's funny is that there is one other Micah Musio on Instagram that I know of, but I got the handle first. Oh. And by the way, the other Micah Musio is ripped. Like really? uh, his, his, his avatar is shirtless. More than you. Ripped more Way than you. Way more than me. Yeah, 100% wow. more shirtless than you'll ever see me. <laughs> Let's get some dad stats off at the very top. So the quick gist on me, uh, I've been married now 21 years. What? Are you kidding me? I did not know that. That's, are you 21 years old? Jeez. How, <laughs> long, how old were you when you got married? Yeah, it's funny because I have to, I'm like doing the math. Like, you know, the 21 just check out. Yeah, so I was 21 when I got married. And that was in 1999. And we've been married since then. Uh, and what's crazy is that we met in junior high. So we had a very youthful romance, dated on and off in high school, kind of went our separate ways for a couple of years. But then uh, I, I found my wife again. In fact, I, not to, to make it too romantic, but this is great. Bring rebel- it on. New York City. There I was uh, for time in Times Square for New Year's Eve in 98. And I was there with the girl I was dating at the time. And I just had this revelation that like, this relationship is not working for me. This doesn't make sense. You know who I should be with is, is that girl I dated in high school, Evie. That's who I should have should have been married to all along. You know, like that's, that's, that's my soulmate. And so I went home from that trip east. I came home and I uh, found Evie and I kind of I, I don't want to say, <laughs> if you use the word stock <laughs> in the description, it sounds yeah, so bad. Yeah, that's in there. But, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it's we, okay uh, if you end up marrying them. Stalking, like, is totally fine if it works out right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not that we're pro stalking, but I, I am pro, you know, uh, seeing where you ought to be, uh, understanding that this other person is going to be a great fit for you based on a lot of experience, and then kind of following that through, you know? It's How do you stalk? How do you stock in 1999? Well, the pro tip is uh, if that girl works at a coffee shop, then you just go through the drive-through with some frequency. And the, th- the silly thing is that I didn't live in the same town as her. Uh, I lived about 45 miles um, to the east in the mountains. And so I would occasionally on my day off just drive down the hill oh, and make a, kind of a swing drive through the shop, hoping she might be there. That's either bold and awesome or Desperate and sad, depending on the outcomes. Uh, my wife. And both of those, then, by the way, do sound like tasting notes on coffee. Bold and awesome, <laughs> or or uh, slightly desperate. Yeah, I'll take both of those right in the morning. Yeah, yeah. We we got married in '99, and then we spent, um, you know, we spent the most of our marriage uh, just a couple. We didn't have a daughter until uh, 2015. And so we had a long, long run of just being a twofer. And then adding uh, my daughter to the equation has really, really changed things. So now my, my kiddo is going to be six at the end of June. But, um, you know, in, in your notes, you asked to describe my my kid in one word. Yeah, and I would have to, I got to go with precocious. Oh, that's there, such a good word. There are just these wonderful qualities. And I think a lot of it might have to do with being an only child and especially, you know, growing up a good portion of her life in Corona times where we are her social network. And so totally. she really aligns with how we speak and, and what we do. And so she, she will reflect these very adults 
like <laughs> phrases. Yeah, yeah. Us. It's so like, funny. Oh my gosh. How did that wake me right, in there? Right. Who says that? You're, you're looking at your wife like, do you say that? Do I say that? Such a weird mirror moment to, to have something like that reflected back to you. The other day she was uh, walking down the stairs and then she sort of like fell down and kind of hit, hit her bottom. And uh, she stood up and she said, my butt, my precious butt. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> this is so adorable. This is what you would script if you wanted to script it. But of course, it, the fact that it's real makes it just it's amazing. beautiful. Okay. And talk a little bit about what you do and then kind of how that informs uh, your kind of work-life balance. So my, my, my day-to-day -day job is reviewing cars and making videos about them. And then over time, it's really shifted to uh, be more like guiding the video team. And so now I oversee both Kelly Blue Book and Auto Traders video teams and taking all that experience that I built up over the years, driving and reviewing cars for video and on camera, and then applying that to how do you guide a team to do that moving forward. But the work-life balance thing is, is a really interesting one, especially considering the last year, because... One of the challenges that I'm sure you know this is that um, in the car reviewing world, oftentimes to review the cars, you have to go to where the cars are. And so travel is something that, um, you know, it sounds great if you don't do it, but as soon as my daughter arrived, the first thing I noticed is that, you know, you'll leave for a trip and it's so, so cliche, but you come back and it's like, you look like a different person. And I'm yeah, only being it is a totally different days. experience. Once you add a kid into that equation of traveling and coming back, I was doing a very similar thing. My reviewing was really taking off and then Ellis was born. And, you know, all of a sudden I was more excited to come home. I wasn't like, I mean, some of these, as you know, some of these press trips can be amazing. You're in these amazing hotels, you're getting great meals and you can drink whatever you want and eat whatever mm. you want. It's totally covered, you know, but I would find myself being like, I'll take the early flight. Whereas everybody else is like, I'm going to hang at the spa for free. And I was like, yeah, but I kind of want to be home. Oh my gosh. It's so good to hear that reflected back because um, some journalists, some car, car reviewers make that, that um, junket part of their life. That's becomes their lifestyle. Yep. I, I haven't been traveling, but what shifted was that, you know, at the beginning when uh, every, everything was going into lockdown, my company basically canceled all vendor uh, uh, payments. And so, so what happened is, well, if we're going to keep doing videos, I am the only guy who can do them. And so my job went from merely hosting and guiding the ship to I'm literally shooting and editing everything. So for yep. much of 2020, I was locked away in a room trying to keep up with um, the video output wow. of uh, my of company. a whole team. And is then now and, on your shoulders. Yeah. And then the other weird thing that happened is that um, in addition to working at Kelly Blue Book, I have my own YouTube channel right. and, uh, and where I do helicopter videos. I just realized you are a helicopter parent. Ah, hey, I, I, I own that title on the show. I want you to know that's I'm absolutely official helicopter you are. Pilot. Today, we're going to talk with the helicopter parent. I, I did a couple of helicopter flyover videos of Los Angeles showing like, here's what it looks like during yeah, the lockdown. Yeah, it was amazing. And those videos went viral. And I don't yeah. mean that in like the sort of casual way. I mean, like advertisers started reaching out to me. What I realized is you can do almost anything for a little while, Yeah. but, but I could not maintain that pace. I guess that's a long way of saying that um, everybody tells you that these moments are precious you know yeah. when like your kids are young it's like it's going to go by fast and it really really does and i i've made it my job to prioritize family hey dads real talk for just a second here now i don't know if you're like me but my bathroom routine used to look like a bar of soap and some shampoo slash conditioner combo from the 99 cent store but now 
I'm in charge of small people's lives. I, I think I can do better than that. Thankfully, the team at Bird is here to help. Now, these guys have won awards from Men's Health and GQ. I've been using their products for more than a year now, and I'm so impressed. Their products use a ton of naturally derived ingredients, which actually makes a difference if you're gonna be slopping lotion all over you and washing your face. I mean, your skin is full of pores. Do you want chemicals and stuff just being soaked into your body? No, of course not. They have a body wash, which I love. It's got sea kelp and green tea and aloe vera, and it's, it's just amazing all the stuff that they've got in there. Now, to support Attempting Fatherhood and dads like you and me, they're offering 15% off with the code BIRDAF for Attempting Fatherhood. Now, I'll put the link in the podcast notes to make it easy, but it's awesome because that supports the show and you get a great deal and you make your life that little bit better. Okay, now back to the show. And that that's my goal here. So everything I do, every decision I make forward is about how can I be great and successful and do wonderful things in a really sustainable way that does not sacrifice family. One of the things that I think has made it more sustainable, though, is bringing my family into my content. Yes, great segue. I love how you've done this. And I think a lot of people might be afraid or nervous. I'm really curious how that conversation came up. Was it really just natural or was it like, hey guys, would you be willing to be in here? Is there any worry of like, I don't want to expose my kid like on social and like, you know, bring me through that, I guess. One day I was, uh, I had a Lexus RC coop and I was going to, uh, to go to ramen with my wife. And I was like, sweetie, can we just do the video on the way to get ramen? And she's like, I don't know about this. My wife is very shy. She's very, that is, that's a very smart wife. That expression right there. I don't know about this. I'm sure you've heard that a million times. It's, I mean, she is not somebody that you would expect to be in the videos. And that was not never her intention, but she was she reluctantly went along with it. It was kind of like a date trip to go get ramen. And she did it. And there was some positive reaction from the audience. Oh, that's Micah's wife. We've seen Micah for, for years in KBB's video, but it's kind of need to get this peek behind the curtain. And then we did another video with the Kia Telluride where it, um, I was like, well, let's just go do a drive as a family, see what happens. My kid threw up on that drive <laughs> in, in her car seat. What? It's, it's in the Is video. it on? You can see it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh that's one of our most gosh. popular videos. Of course. And, people, and the thing, and my wife was like, I don't know if we should do this. I'm like, you know what? This is, this is what parenthood is really like. This yep. is a real thing. This is nothing that um, people, other people have not experienced. And so we left it in there and people really connected with that. Um, if you look at the older videos I did, they make no sense. It was me experimenting, but me with my wife and kiddo, y- you'll know this. The longer you know somebody, there's a, a, chemistry that you cannot replicate. You could totally. not cast for this. Yep. There's a dynamic with being married to somebody for more than two decades and um, and having a child in, in that mix that you just, you can't duplicate that. And so it's been a wonderful experience. The audience has been so in- encouraging of, of my wife taking a bigger role as, as somebody who's a non-expert, right, but has, right. a, has a great perspective. She's perceptive yep. and she has a ton to offer. I'm creating a space where somebody who would normally not have a voice can yeah. share a really valuable perspective. And then where my kid is concerned, we've always made her involved. Like, sweetie, do you want to do this? We we pay her for her involvement. That's so, great. We do the same with Alice. Yes. Good. Yes. Yes. Like, it, yeah. In fact, my, my little kiddo has saved up enough money to buy herself a tiny guitar. I saw on social, she has a guitar and you play music. You actually score all your own videos because you just, you got bored with like, 
the other talent that's out there. You're like, forget it. I'll just spend some more time on these videos. I'm not editing enough. I'll just make music too. That is actually true, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> royalty free tracks are just not that great. But yeah, yeah so like my, my daughter has like, um, she's really excited to participate in it. And the, uh, your question about, um, you know, exposure, it, that is a, a big one. That's definitely one we've had a lot of conversations about. And it's tricky because, you know, she's going to be in videos that, um, you know, like maybe 10 years from now, she's like, I don't know if I want to be in that video. And these yeah. are discussions we've had. So we just have to we work really hard to maintain like a really open dialogue Good. about how do you feel about this? But she really, really likes the process. She's really interested in the editing that that uh, my wife and I do and um, and how the shooting goes and taking the pictures. And she loves participating in like demonstrating the vehicles. She always does this little rear window test to see how far <laughs> down the rear window will go. She that's, loves, that's so important. It is. And she loves doing that. So if she was um, un, unwilling or, or uh, not eager to participate, it'd be right. a really different equation. But she really likes participating we don't we don't use her proper name uh, yeah. we refer to her as our kiddo that kind yeah, of yeah that's a cool idea yeah i like that but but yeah she's she's uh, definitely an active participant and one day she'll take over the channel now when you were growing up was that kind of the the temperature at home was it was it very much this kind of collaborative hey micah come and be a part of this thing and let's try this and do this or did you grow up in a more kind of structured kind of background what was that like I would say my, my upbringing was maybe split the difference. My okay. parents had a tendency towards being very, um, I don't want to say militant, but when I was younger, they were much more regimented, very yes, sir, no, sir, that kind of stuff. Yep, um, yep. Manners were, were absolutely huge. Yeah. Uh, but the other dynamic was that my parents are, are romantics. And I, I say that in the sense that they always had kind of big dreams. My dad was in the Air Force, but he always wanted to be a TV weatherman. And so when I was a kid, he he left the Air Force after 12 years and went to be a TV weatherman. And, and he so did that's it. What, he did it. He has wow. been a TV weatherman ever since the early 80s. And so there's been this, the, the weird dynamic in my home uh, at growing up was that there was this kind of aspirational, you know, uh, you could dream it and believe yeah, it and then you can yeah. achieve it, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think that really shaped me. Um, there was also a dynamic of um, we dream big, but sometimes it's not grounded in reality. Yeah. So, so the dynamic that I'm trying to foster in my home is you can do really big things, but you really have to ground it in what is truly possible what's mm -hmm. truly possible is usually yeah. big than what you bigger than what you think it is but just just really be thoughtful about what you're trying to achieve don't delude yourself into think you're going to do something that you can't as far as your dad what do you keep and and what do you throw away is that something that sounds like that something you really loved like that fostering of like dream it your dad's living it out by saying i want to do this thing i'm going to go for it absolutely that that notion of dreaming big and you know that's a lot of the big things in life are, are more achievable than you'd think. That's actually counter to how my wife was, was brought up. Mm. She, she's, um, she's much, she was a much more nervous soul and um, you know, it was, they were a little more insular and, and um, I think there's a boldness in the Musio family that I want to retain. Yeah. And I think that's, but, but the, the thing that, that was uh, maybe fell short in my, my upbringing was that there wasn't a lot of instruction on how to achieve. It was like, okay, yeah, dream it. We can do this. But what I realized, okay, for example, I always wanted to be a pilot, right? Okay. I remember it was like, I was 17 or something and they bought me these VHS tapes 
for like how to get your private pilot's license. And it's like, okay, cool. But I didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. I had no way of knowing what the process was to get your private pilot's license. And I, I saw no financial path to pay for it. Right. So it's oh, like, it's so expensive. Yeah. And so it's like, well, there's one component. Yeah, sure. Here's some tapes. Great. What do I do mm. with that? And so what I realized is that like I had a ton of motivation, but I wasn't sure exactly how to how to direct it. Yeah. And so I think with my daughter, one of the things I want to be sure is that if she has an aspiration, that being the older, wiser person, perhaps I can do just a little bit of footwork to say, okay, what does this process look like? Yeah. You know, to lay it out. Like I, I've got a friend who um, his kid went to a very kind of a, a rich school district and all of his parents, all of his friends' parents, they do big aspirational things. And so all, consequently, all those kids, when they're looking about what their future looks like, uh, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, go work in entertainment or I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to do this stuff. But if you come from a, a less affluent background, mm. you have no idea that those are, are possible. Yes. Like the idea of being an automotive journalist was a, absurd when I was growing up. It's, what no even path. is that? No one's even talking about that. That's not on the guidance counselor list of like your talents line up with this. Not even a close. 100%. So I never went to college. When I graduated oh, okay. high school, I was, yeah. I was I played in a band and I was a yes. janitor. Wait, what and was the name of the band? Schwag. I played Schwag. bass in the sang. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we opened for Blink-182 twice. Whoa, and it dude, was, that's uh, it was it was a neat deal, but I mean that wasn't like a path to success. And swag. I, oh swag. boy, that's great. That's great. I, so I remember I was at a sizzler with my mom and my dad. Oh, my this dad, is the beginning of a stand-up routine. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, my dad, uh, I, I told my dad like ah, I'm not going to go to college, and uh, I remember he, he kind of put his arm up at an incline and said, "Micah, you're lowering your standards." <laughs> I love the visual. Oh. <laughs> And what's funny is that like even like literally decades on my friends, when uh, I talk every once in a while, they'll throw that in there like, Micah, you're lowering your standards, big <laughs> arm move and going down. And so the idea that that like I, I could not have forged a path to my career were it not for just some, some good happenstance and like a bunch of, of good decisions on the way. But I guess what I'm just saying is that like for, for being a parent, I do feel like a lot of my job is reading the road ahead and offering guidance. Hey, if you go over here or if you go over there, this is what those paths are going to look like. It, it's almost like being a coach. I'm happy with how I wound up, but I, I wish my parents had given me maybe a little bit more coaching. Mm. Is that how you would kind of define fatherhood as kind of like this ultimate coach? I mean, as a lazy man, I'm just going to go with the coach thing because that's the easiest answer. <laughs> well, I, no, I think there's a lot to that. I mean, you know, I think it, it really highlights what you said before as far as what you feel like was kind of lacking. And you know, um, I was hosting uh, a, a clubhouse chat uh, on Monday nights. I've started trying to do this thing where I'm getting other dads, anybody who's involved, uh, to just to kind of get in this room and we all chat. And one of the things that was coming up last night a lot with a couple of these guys was this concept of like, your your child is born already themselves. Like when they come out, they are themselves. Your job is to help them figure out what it is that they want to do, how they want to do it, how to be successful. I don't think I got a ton of guidance for if I had wanted to go to college, how would I get there? I feel like I, that's I another would, one of those go for it and we'll see you later kind of things. Exactly. Yeah. Like that idea of, of um, it's, it's, it's dark out there and I don't know where it goes. Oh, you should go over there. 
but it's really dark. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So go, coming out there with the, the um, you know, flashlight. Yeah, and, yeah, hey, yeah. Okay, here's what the path could look like if uh, you wanted to go to college. Do you feel like you're doing that now with, with your daughter? Do you feel like you, you guys, you and your wife are actively saying like, oh, we're kind of, we see this music thing that she's really good at, or she's really interested in this element of media. Let's kind of feed that a little bit more. Yeah, I think uh, one of my goals with my daughter is to not see an interest and immediately blow it out of proportion. Right, right, right. For example, yeah, with guitar, she really wants to play guitar. She sees daddy play guitar and she's really, really excited to share that experience. And I'm excited to share it with her. But what I don't want to do is say, oh, she's expressing an interest in guitar. Let's immediately get her into lessons and let's immediately make it an obligation. And like, let's immediately start thinking of her as, well, she's going to be a great guitarist. Like, Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe what we, we should do is just let her appreciate it in, in an organic way without making it feel like an obligation. Mm. So you guys waited a while, obviously, to have a child. Was that a conscious thing? So the delay was largely um, precipitated by finance was a big concern. Sure. Uh, you know, when we, we got first first got married, it's like, we, we barely were scraping. By. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can I tell you how poor uh, I was when I was working yeah. on radio? I, at, at a time where people would like, like we'd go out to do a remote for the radio station and they'd be like, oh, you're Micah. People knew me from the radio. I was also working for a company called Community Clean Sweep where I would go to recycling centers and have to literally crawl in the bin to pull incorrect recyclable plastics out and put them in other bins. Like I was literally, I smelled like rotten milk because I was clean, clean Oh and organizing God. stuff and i also my day job was working on the radio what a funny so anyway, high low like through like uh, that that also i think keeps you humble like there's some semblance of like people being like oh my gosh it's micah it's micah you're like if you only knew where i'm going next oh my gosh yeah the, the early radio days um were, were quite a time but yeah so we were never um rich and so we kept putting off having a kid. You know, my um, my aunt said once, like, well, there's, you know, no good time to have a kid. I'm like, yeah, that's true, but there's a better especially time Especially now. now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no good yeah. time, but especially not right now when I've, but, I'm smelling like spoiled milk every day. We, we should change yeah, that. And so we put it off largely because of uh, financial reasons. And then eventually you kind of establish a life for yourself. And then you're like, well, do we want to append this with having a kid in, in the, the home too? So the, our, our reason for delaying kind of shifted. And what happened was, um, you know, in the mid 2010s, um, my wife, she's like, you know what? I would really like to have a daughter. And I was like, or a, a child. And I, I said, you know what? I would really like to own a helicopter. These were our, our competing ambitions. Great. Uh, yeah. And so, so what's funny is they it felt like they were at odds with each other. Yeah. And one day I came to my wife and I said, you know what? Let us entwine our fates. How about we prioritize getting my dream helicopter? This is oh, my helicopter, uh, a helicopter. Venue. A helicopter. That's been my dream. Yeah. A helicopter. That's my lifelong ambition. And as soon as we do, we'll work on having a kid. And that's exactly what we did. We like saved up. Uh, I mean, we've been saving for years, but I bought a helicopter and yeah. then, you know, uh, less than one year later, our daughter arrived. And uh, what's interesting about having a daughter or having a, a child in your mid thirties is um, for me, like uh, you're pretty well established. Yeah. And so bringing a kid into the equation really upsets the routine in a way that someone who's a little less formed, like in your earlier mid twenties might not be so you know, uh, jostled by oh, it. Oh, tell and, me about it. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, how's your experience been? Jeez. Well, I mean, we have a one-year-old right now, and yeah. there's so many times I look at my wife and I'm like, I forgot about this. I forgot how much I don't like baby phase. I love him. I love all the elements of who he is. But honestly, one of the hardest things for me was when Ellis was born. I was 33, about to be 33. And I'm such a schedule guy and I like my time and I like, you know, having the freedom to, all right, I'm going to work out in the morning. I'm going to come home. I'm going to edit. I'm going to go out. And I'm going to shoot. I'm going to go on this audition. I'm going to, and I, I kind of said that when Ellis was born, she kind of like popped out and landed on my phone and deleted my calendar app. And it was like, what? No one prepared me for this part. Everybody was like, oh yeah, it's going to be hard because you got bottles and night feeding and okay, I don't need a ton of sleep. That's not a huge thing. Uh, you know, oh, you're going to be strollers and all this gear. I'm like, I love gear. This is great. But no one told me about that, that assault on the castle of Bradley. Yeah, that was not something I ever expected to, to be factored into the fatherhood equation. Have you seen that with other fathers? Because uh, I did not expect, I mean this in the most loving way possible, but I did not like the baby phase. Yes. I love my daughter. Yep. I feel if you have to add that every, you know, it's like, of course, the caveat, love my daughter. yep, yep. But man, I am not suited to having a baby in the house. Well, and when Ellis was born, and and I've I've talked about this with a lot of dads, and there's been a lot of uh, like, yeah, me too kind of thing that's that's gone on with it, relatability, and no one really talks about this. But at the beginning, you know, all my friends were like, dude, you're gonna be such an amazing dad, like the coach, right? I'm naturally yeah. a coach, like. I, I, I mentored kids. I, you know, love my cousins, all this kind of stuff. So it was like, this is going to be great. And then when Ellis was born, it was such an upset to my schedule. My wife is one of five. She was a nanny for families. She's amazing with kids. This was nothing new for her. She didn't know that I didn't know. I didn't know that I didn't know. And so, you know, like a month into Ellis, I remember very clearly being in our bedroom and saying, I'm not saying we made a mistake. But this is not at all what I thought it would be. There's just this like flesh thing in that other room that is like totally eating into my time and and making me tired and frustrated. And it's like bothering us. And and I was like, I'm here. Look, I'm not going anywhere. But, but just so you know, I just want to be really good. We're really good at communicating uh, these kinds yeah. of things. Like this is really hard for me. And she's like, I'm so glad you said that. Like that helps me so much. But as I've told other dads, they're like, Oh yeah, dude. I totally felt the same way. And then there's this sense of guilt. Like I felt like, does that mean I don't love her? Does that mean that I'm going to be a bad dad? Does that mean I am a bad dad? There was a lot of that that came into the equation as well. Again, nothing I considered ahead of time. I think all of this stuff is so valuable to say aloud because yeah. I was in the same position where I thought, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. And a lot of the people I talk to are like, oh, it's so wonderful. And yes. it's like, yes. why, why, if I'm not enjoying this, what's wrong with me? Totally. Am and I broken? Did I make, am I now in for the life of this? Totally. And uh, yeah, that early phase was tough. And if you don't know that it gets better. Yeah. And it's hard to know, even if people say like, oh yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And it just keeps getting better and better and better and better. But it was, I mean, honestly, like the first couple of years yeah. uh, were really tough for me. And, and maybe not even for like the same reason as other people, my problem is I get bored very easily. Yeah. And so uh, like having a child around a, like a baby, it's yeah. almost like the old job they used to have, like in a fishing village where like, you're the dude who has to stare at the sea and let us know when the fish are jumping. Watch and for it, ships that be coming in. No, <laughs> yeah. this is an awful job. 
what an awful, I would be the worst guy. Don't we that. have a motion and, activated camera that can take care of that? Do I really need to be here for this? Yeah. And that dynamic um, was really tough mm. in those early days. The more interactive she became, the more purpose I had yes. and the more engaged I, I've become as a father. So I, I, I would just say a general note, if you're a dad and you got a kid on the way and you're listening to this, if the first part sucks, it's okay. Yes, it is you okay. Will, you will absolutely hit your stride. There's a place for dads. It's just, I mean, especially in the first year, my daughter only needed her mom. I'm, I'm, I'm around to go like, you know, get a mastodon and like bring back some berries. But beyond that, like the, the kid's fine without me. What was it like with your wife? Was your wife like fully in or was she like, I agree, this is not awesome right now? I never want to minimize um, her challenge, but I will say that she seems better suited to general yeah. nurturing. That, yeah. that is just innate in her in a way that it is not with me. Um, yeah. I, I, I have so much respect for accountants and people who are born to nurture other humans because I am I have neither of those traits. And it's also hard with social media because I see other dudes who are like, love of my life, my daughter and I are frolicking. And you know, it's like it, they're living in Ann Getty's photo, which I don't even want to be in. And, uh, and I'm just thinking, so I'm missing something, right? Like there's something wrong with me. Even now, I'm still like, really? So I love connecting with dads like yourself that were like, yeah, that was kind of hard. Didn't like that part. Well, and and so I would say that that's one of the reasons, one of the key reasons why we have an, an only child. And mm. I think all things being equal, you know, my, my wife would have been inclined to have a second child. Um, one of my challenges is just that we've we've kind of got it nailed now. Like my right, daughter's right, right. of age, we're, we're, we're agile. We can go anywhere and do anything largely unencumbered. Yep. And um, I, I personally, I really, really like the idea of, I, I have a brother and uh, having a brother was fine growing yeah. up, but I think there's something interesting about having an only child and having the agility and flexibility to kind of just go where we please mm -hmm. um, with, with relative ease. And so we had, we had uh, two, two rules in the Museo household. Rule number one, one cat per thousand square feet of home. Uh, <laughs> rule number two, no more children than can fit in the helicopter. And like and you gotta that upgrade kind of, that heli. That's what happened. Well, you sold your helicopter. I see something else <laughs> happening there. You guys recently moved to the mountains. Well, so she, uh, we definitely incorporated uh, my daughter into the discussions. What happened was, yeah. and, and this is a good, kind of a classic museo move, where we were up uh, up here in the mountains uh, for my wife's birthday, and we just happened to drive back through Lake Arrowhead, a place I'd never really visited before. Yeah, um, it was literally coincidental. I'm like, hey, let's just go this way, uh, and uh, we'll just drive through because we can just see what it looks like. It's kind of near through. Big Bear. It's a couple hours outside of LA for people who don't know. It's beautiful. It's up in the mountains you're kind of like how am i only a few hours from la this feels like colorado that is 100 the experience for us it felt like being in the pacific northwest but uh with easy access to to um los angeles and so we literally i we drove through town like for 15 minutes and then uh the next day i had a conversation with i was doing a helicopter golf ball drop for a charity sure as one does but, as one does and the guy whose charity it was is a real estate agent as well and he was saying oh my gosh the market's going crazy and i was like 
hmm, I took that bit of information and found what we could sell our house for, found out what houses were uh, selling for up in Lake Arrowhead, and then um, formulated a plan. And then I presented it to my wife. She needed 24 hours to get her head around it. But literally, it was like less than 90 days between when we first drove through the community up here and when we had sold our house and moved here. These are kind of big, these are big changes, Yeah, but you have to get buy-in from everybody. Oh yeah. You can't just grab the steering wheel and turn. That's, that's going to be a revolt from the sailors and, and you may regret it too. You're like, wait a second, this actually, I needed some time. I shouldn't have been so impulsive. What we really, really like is being a family unit and being with ourselves. Wow. And that's enough for us. Do you get burned out being around your same family? And and how do you keep like mental stability? I know myself, I love my family with all my heart. I have to leave. I have to go run. It used to be travel for like, you know, yeah. these press tours or whatever or, or hosting gigs. That was like a nice reset. Um, but with my daughter being at home instead of in school and plus Loic and Kirsten, I mean, even my wife and I are like, you need to go away. I need to go away. How do you maintain some kind of mentality of, of some stability in the midst of just being out in the wilderness? Yeah. One of the things that, um, uh, gave me that, that private time was making Corona videos of flying the helicopter around Los oh, Angeles. Oh yeah. Good call. That helped keep me sane. Mm-hmm. You know, I work remotely, but I still have to host videos and I have to go get cars from the uh, Kelly Blue Book offices in Irvine. And so my wife was really concerned, like, geez, that's a it's an hour and a half drive to get down there. And what I realized is that it is wonderful. It is uh, so, so nice. Quiet. No testing of the audio, just yes. silence. Oh my gosh, it's the best. Just driving down for an hour and a half. It's a picturesque view when you drive down the mountain. And uh, I like I have podcast and alone yeah. time and decompression time. And it's awesome. And then I get to drive back up. And I know that I get to go back into the beautiful mountains. And it's going to be great. And what I've discovered is that that is, that is my decompression time. I nice. go down every week or two to go do videos. And when I do that, that gives me the separation I need so that when I come home, I'm happy yeah. and eager once again to see the family. And it's it's worked out really, really well. That's something that I, I think, um, to some degree, I feel like my wife is not great at self-care from the standpoint of knowing that it actually helps everybody. Because you're a better husband when you get that hour and a half. You're a better father. You know, she, my wife is better if she can just go away for a while, but she feels bad about it. She feel, I don't. I'm like, great, I'm going to go. I, you know, good luck here. But I also know that I need to be 100% Bradley. And to be 100% Bradley, I need that mental break. So it sounds like that's really helpful for you. Yeah, although that's really interesting because I feel like we have a similar dynamic here. I don't, I don't know if that's just a male-female thing. I don't know. But, but I feel like my wife has a similar, almost that, that guilt yeah. about taking care of herself. And you and I are in the exact same camp, which is if, if we need to think of ourselves as machines, we can, but you have to maintain it. And there yeah. are certain things that if you do not take care of this machine, yeah. it will stop working. Yes, and I promise you. Yeah, th- that, that, that works for us and it works for our wives too. And so I, I do the same thing too. The other day I went down, down to do a car swap and I was like, hey, um, maybe I'll just take the kiddo with me. And kiddo yeah. didn't feel like going. So I incentivized her with a trip to Dairy Queen. There and, you go. There you go. We and, do Tropical Smoothie Cafe. That's one of our like, I'll get you out of the house. Let's go. Go get a smoothie. That's yeah. even though we could make the smoothie here, it doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about getting out of the house. 
Totally. And so uh, my wife had, you know, the four or five uh, uninterrupted hours uh, to just be herself. The bar is really low for us at this point, as far as like what really rejuvenates us as a couple. It, you know, it used to be like, oh, yeah. let's like go to Seychelles and like, let's hit up Sandals Resort. And let's, now it's just like, let's go get a coffee. So yeah. And, and, but it is, I'm, I am a robot in a lot of ways in that I just keep going and going and going and going and going. And so she sometimes has to do the check-in. How are you doing? How are we doing? And I'm like, that's a great question. Well, it's funny because um, after my daughter was born, I'm trying to remember when we first left her for a couple of days with my parents. She may have been like one and a half or something like that. But we we dropped her off there. And then my wife and I flew the helicopter up to San Francisco for uh, kind of up there for one day yeah. and then fly, fly on back. So it wasn't a long trip. But what we realized is that as soon as we removed ourselves from the, the obligations of being parents, we had a lot of stuff to work out. Yeah. And, and basically we, we had like a, a it, I don't want to say argument filled, but we, it, it was like an essential realigning. And mm. it actually, I think it, it sort of reshapes our path forward. Well, I, I would love to find out uh, as we kind of wrap this up, how would you encourage other fathers? Well, I think uh, if I could encourage dads to do anything, it would be to retain what makes you uniquely you oh so i love that questions, i feel like there's the notion that you have to become a dad but mm. i feel like my daughter is going to learn a lot a lot from me being who i am and so i could stop flying helicopters there's definitely some risk there i could stop riding my motorcycle i've stopped doing track days on my motorcycle so there is some adaptation but i feel like a part of being a dad is taking your collective experience and sharing the the benefits of that knowledge and you can't really do that if you stop being you i love that boom that was beautiful that's so good well micah thank you so much uh for everything that you're you're doing with your family there as a leader and and doing such a great job online yeah this is really fun i look forward to giving you a big weird awkward hug at some point in physical space <laughs> we're both vaccinated that would be awesome well thanks again and thanks for attempting fatherhood that was really good, man. Thanks. Was fun. That was fun. You know what I love? I have too many conversations about cars. Uh, and like- I, It's so you, easy, right? It just comes out. It's, it's so much in there. It's just easy for that to come out. Yeah. And I, I really like talking about human things. And uh, this is way more interesting to me than talking about you know what, what's happening with Ferrari. So this is great. Well, and, and I always love, I've, I've some of this is, is my own selfish motivation because- you know, the need to connect with humans <laughs> feels so great more than now than ever. My wife started a podcast as well. I was like, I think we just need adults. Like, I think we just are <laughs> hungry to find some reason to talk to people. And, and, but in the midst of that too, is just like the encouragement of like, the, again, like we said before, like I'm going through that too, or I've been through that, you know, to talk to some older dads whose kids are older um, and everybody's got a unique experience. Uh, the construct of doing a, a podcast on a regular basis puts you in a space where you have conversations that we would never have normally. Yeah. Like just by framing it as a podcast, you ask questions that might be more, um, you know, not invasive, that's not the right word. Right, right, right. Are, are a little bit more pointed than yeah. if you're having a casual conversation. Right, and if we're thing, on a press I'm, trip at dinner and I'm like, so tell me about some of the stuff that your father taught you that you're going to leave behind because <laughs> you don't feel as appropriate in your family. Be like, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, where's the in my chair 180 yeah. degrees. Yeah. Hey dads, just wanted to take a quick second to say thank you so much for supporting Attempting Fatherhood. 
This has been such a fun project, and I hope it's encouraging you and informing you and and bringing a sense of community to the dadhood, the fatherhood, the dad life. And the only way that really happens is by you guys getting involved. So make sure you're following us on Instagram, Attempting Fatherhood, subscribing to this podcast, and just as important as those things, share this podcast with other dads because that's how you build that community. And don't forget, use your code BIRDAF and get 15% off any of the products at birdhair.com. That's BIRDAF to get 15% off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.